This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. Yeah, you come to me today. You want some Parmesan? Yeah, I'll get you some Parmesan. Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. 25-20, 15-10, snowshoes, touchdown! Kansas City! According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpups. It's over! The Bullpups have knocked off Fish of the Age! And for the ninth time in school history, the Bullpups stand atop the state of Kansas! Everything happening in the sports world. Oh! oh are you serious? Slam jam Get him ready for the NBA fucking contest! And even some things not happening in the sports world. So, you're saying you will not watch any episodes of The Bachelor this year? I think I'd rather have a tooth pull. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing, another edition of According to Jim, right here on 96.7 FM, KBDE. Or for those of you listening online, worldwide at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in McPherson, Mr. Steve Sell. Steve, at the end of our intro there, I pose you the question so you will not watch any episodes of The Bachelor. No. Tuesday mornings are always my Bachelor morning. Says I can't watch TV live. I can't be at home at 7 o'clock and watch ABC for Two hours with all the commercials. It's two hours? Two hours of The Bachelor. Jeez, what a waste of your life. Yeah, that's two hours of your life that you can't get back. Well, and so that's why I watch it without the commercials, and it's I like see. an hour and a half. So I only waste 90 minutes of my life, and I'm working on other things. What do you think the big drama was this week? I have no clue. Well, one girl said that another girl was the cancer of the house. Ooh. She had to go and, and tell Colton who's The Bachelor. I told you about Colton, right? No, I, I don't really care. Well, Colton, they had to go tell him all of the information about the oh, other sure. girls. That, that's the thing I always cat think is fight. funny. Sounds like a cat fight. Well, they never really fight each other, but they're always telling. They always go, now, I'm not a person to do drama. I would never do this normally. But Colton, that that girl, Ashley, she's just so mean. I, I, I just can't. Does somebody really, besides you, watch these shows? Like millions of people. What? What's... Don't these people have a life? This is their life. Oh, See, they probably say the same thing about you with sports. Probably. Think about all the people that would look at our job and what we do as very, very strange. That Steve and I, in our free time as part of our work, will go to a high school basketball game and not only just watch it, but talk about it while the game is being played and... Let's not just limit this conversation to you and I with a couple of headsets on. Let's put this conversation into the whole world. Then, after the game is over, Steve will come back and write a story about it and go into more detail about this game, while I will put together audio and cut up more of my own audio to say, here's what happened in the game. Do you think that's a weird job when you think about it that way? And that you're constantly monitoring the internet and going, oh, I'm preparing to write this column in three days, but I need this to happen first. I think people would assume I what we do is lot, even weirder. I think that's a lot more important than Colton trying to figure out if Ashley backstabbed Loretta 
or whatever. I don't think there's anybody named Loretta on The well, Bachelor. Ethel. I, I don't think there's an Ethel either. Well, or a Winifred. Okay. Ginger. Well, no, none of those. I don't know. I, I just There's multiple Hannahs. There's a Hannah B and a Hannah G. Great. Hannah B was Miss Alabama. Wonderful. But the problem is, Steve, she lost the Miss USA, and the runner-up for Miss USA, Kaylin, who was Hannah B's good friend. Oh, geez. She's on the show, too. Wonderful. So they've been fighting each other, and they all they know each other. Uh, and they have to tell Colton sometimes. Now, I know her, and she's not in, the, in this for the right reasons. That's what they always say. She's not here for the right reasons. What do you think are the right reasons to be on The Bachelor? Money. Well, that would be a wrong reason, I believe. I think it's all about money. It's, I would guess. It's probably more about getting famous, which would lead to money later on. Yeah. But they say you have to be there for the right reasons. You have to be there to actually fall in love. You think you could do it, Steve? No. Which would you rather be? Would you rather be The Bachelor, or would you rather be one of the 25 on The Bachelorette? Neither. Well, you you have to pick one. Would you rather the well, twenty five women I'd all be, be with the you? Bachelor, because then they're all, whether they think I'm a dork or not, they got to fawn over. <laughs> they're me they're still trying to win. Yeah. Where where if you were on the Bachelorette, oh, I'd be out. You're first. just one of twenty five. I'd be out in the first round. <laughs> uh, it, it's been good. Tuesday morning's always my morning to catch up and make sure I know what's going well, just, on. Just leave me out of the Bachelor. And and it was just a great morning. Riveting stuff. I, I really like it a lot better after they get through all the goofy stuff for like the first four episodes. The whole thing's goofy stuff. It is goofy, but you get rid of all the outliers. I'll bet Casey doesn't watch it. She might. I don't know. I, I think she has in the past. Well, if she does, she's not going to let anyone know. Tracy watches it. Tracy does? Oh, she's a big fan. She's hope, always been a I big hope fan. I Cliff doesn't watch it. Now, Tracy does this weird thing. Tracy is my mother. She does this weird thing that she'll always look ahead and figure out who wins before the show starts. Because they have to tape this in the past, and then they can follow Colton around with the TMZ cameras and figure out where he's going and who he's been seeing. So they can usually figure out who it is. The whole thing's staged anyway, so it doesn't matter, as far as I'm concerned. Well, well, I want you to be a believer. I'll make sure I start recording it on your DVR, I and then you can catch up on I'm, Monday nights. I'm not going to look at that. Steve, are you excited for some bullpup basketball tonight? It feels like we were just in the roundhouse yesterday, and we get well, we back were. at it tonight. <laughs> we were. I think. I think our all our equipment's probably still out there, and all our papers and notes are probably still out there because it just feels like we spent the last two weeks out there. But after tonight, we're not home for. We a are road warriors. We we basically are on the road the whole month of February. We have a Bueller game at home, and I think an Augusta game, and I believe all the rest of them. I think there's seven games in February. Is that right? right? And five are on the road. So Steve and I will become road warriors, and Steve will get a little cranky and, Ooh, and be upset about having to get back late from places like Winfield. On a, on a Tuesday, I, is Winfield a Tuesday or a Friday? Winfield, year? I believe, is going to be a Friday. Ooh. Yeah, I think it's the eighth. I think that it's makes next that Friday. Coach's show the next morning real early. Now the day that Steve is really going to drag is that Saturday night in Lawrence, where the McPherson boys will, I believe, start at eight thirty. Eight thirty. Eight thirty. Why? It's part of the 810 showcase. They're the last game. They play Free State. Oh, so they start at 830. What does that put us out of the Free State gym at 1015? Yeah, and, it's, and that's depending on if all the other games just, are on time. Just, just figure 11 o'clock. 
So we'll get back at twelve. We'll get back at one thirty. I will be cranky. <laughs> but it's going to be a fun month of February with a lot of great games, and there are no easy games on these schedules. And we'll talk about McPherson's matchup with Wichita Collegiate coming up tonight here in just a little bit. Steve, I made the trip to watch the Smoky Valley Vikings take on Hutch Trinity last night. Our guy Don Bankston, Duck. Yeah, he was helping me out. I sat with him and enjoyed their broadcast and saw a couple of pretty good games. Doc does a great job. He really does. Well, he's the man. I, I think he walks he around Smoky Valley High he School kind of like he's you He's Mr. Do. Linsborg. He really is. He's kind of like you with no. McPherson. The most popular man in McPherson. The that, most popular man in Linsborg. That's a myth, though. I think it's you and Donnie B. Well, I'm not the most popular man in McPherson. That's a myth that you've perpetuated. I believe it, baby. Believe it, that it's the real deal. Steve, I wanted to talk about one serious sports thing. I was reading a very interesting column from the USA Today, Dan Wolken. You ever read Dan Wolken? Well, he does a good job in, in what he talks about a lot of the time. And the thing that he was talking about today was the Super Bowl. He's down in Atlanta. And not necessarily the game or the quarterbacks or the coaches or anything, Talking about the city of Atlanta hosting the Super Bowl this weekend, Super Bowl 53, and one thing that I knew but I hadn't really put any thought to it until I read this story was how much money the city of Atlanta has spent in the last three years on new stadiums. So they had the Georgia Dome. What did that close down? Three years ago? Two years ago? I think this is the second or third year of Mercedes-Benz Stadium. The Georgia Dome was only 25 years old. Now, did they, did they raise it? Tear it down. Right? Oh, it, yeah, it's gone. That's ridiculous. So then, Turner Field, which was the home for the Braves. Right, right. Now, they have a new stadium as well right. for the baseball team. And I believe this past year was its first season. And it's like Pinnacle, SunTrust Stadium Sun or Trust, some, yeah. something. And my man, Mark Palmer, was the architect on that. Oh, that's my right. My roommate in college. So... Turner Field was only 20 years old. Right. Now, Turner Field was also not in a great spot in terms of where the people that were going to games lived. It was just south of Atlanta. And so in order for the people in the northern suburbs that typically had more money and more of their season ticket buyers, you had to go all the way through downtown Atlanta, which Atlanta, especially downtown, has some of the worst traffic in the country. I am told, well, Mark Palmer did the... And my other buddy, CD, that used to, you know, live in Atlanta, he says the Atlanta traffic and Houston are the two worst in the country. And so they were in a bad spot. So they moved this stadium, built a new one a little bit north of town. I've driven past it. I I haven't driven past it since it's been built, but they were building it in the process the last time I drove through there. Then their basketball arena, which I believe was called Phillips Arena for a while, is now State Farm Arena. And I don't think that it's newly built but it has been renovated. I missed the Omni. So they have put in $2.4 billion in stadiums. And for the most part, this is taxpayer money. Ooh. Whether that is... No wonder everybody's broke in Georgia. Whether that is a tourism tax or whether that is just like it would be in your normal taxes, that it's coming out and they've issued bonds and done all of that. So they've put all of this money into these stadiums. And the question that they were asking is, is that worth it? And I think, for the most part, the stadiums that they've built have been good for the city. They're working on building a whole lot of other developments right around downtown where the stadium's at. And remember, they hosted the Olympics 23 right. years ago. So 96. there's a lot of infrastructure that's still there from that. 
But an event like this, in a city like Atlanta, how much money do you think bring it brings in? Do you think it is worth it in terms of tourism dollars? Is it worth it in terms of bringing all this money into the city? Or do you think people are crazy for wanting to spend this much money on new stadiums to replace old stadiums that weren't really that old? Crazy. I'm saying crazy because you can't tell me. It'd be like building a brand new house, say, out at Turkey Creek. Okay. And 25 years, 20 years later, you tear it down. I think that'd be crazy. You can't tell me a house can't last more than 20 years. There's houses here in town that are hundred over 100 years old. Now, I will say there's a difference. But the Georgia Dome was still in pristine. Uh, it was not in great condition. For the most part, what I've read about big dome stadiums like that is that they take a lot of wear and tear and that it happens quickly. Like Tropicana Field, the dome in, in Tampa. What a dome. It's about the same age as the Georgia Dome was, or it, I guess it would be if it was still alive and still standing. And Tropicana Field is awful. Oh, it's looking. terrible. Yeah. Nothing looks good in there. There's something to do with the lighting. It just doesn't Dingy. look good. The exterior of the building is not good. And it's in a bad part of... Well, it's just in a hard place to get to in St. Petersburg. Yeah. But the Georgia Dome, it was only 25 years old. I think they pretty much built it right before the Olympics started at the time and yeah. in, in anticipation of that event coming through and having a space to do it. But those stadiums, I think that they do get a little wear and tear. And the new stadium is incredible. Mercedes-Benz Stadium, the technology right. has been revamped. So how long till they tear it down and build something new? And, and that's the crazy part about this. And then you look at other places around the country, like Kansas City, for example. Arrowhead Stadium has been there since either the late 60s or early 70s. I think 72, 73. Same thing for Kauffman Stadium. And they just continue to renovate. Right. And they had a big renovation for Kauffman Stadium, I think, in 2012. They had a big renovation for Arrowhead around the same time. But would it be worth it to build a new stadium in order to bring a Super Bowl to Kansas City? I remember they talked about the retractable roof. Would it be worth it to fund all this money and pass a new bond and tax, and tax the county residents in Jackson County, Missouri, to bring a Super Bowl to Kansas City? I don't know if it would be worth it. No. But no. in a city like Atlanta, do you think it's a different story? Oh, I'm sure. Because Atlanta's they already have the infrastructure built. They have hotels. They have more right. restaurants. Right. They have better ways Kansas to get city in and out of the is, airport. Kansas City is small potatoes in the landscape of professional sports. I mean, they can't. They had an NBA team one time, couldn't keep it. Royals don't draw very well except those two years that they went to the World Series. Other than that, they haven't drawn very well. Arrowhead, to me, is still wonderful. I love I, – I haven't been to Arrowhead, so I don't know how decrepit it really is because you really can't tell on TV. It's kind of like Allen Fieldhouse. When you look at Allen Fieldhouse on TV, you have no idea how old it really is until you go inside. I went up there last year, and it is an old, old place. Arrowhead Stadium, I think, still looks pretty good, but it's a stadium that was built in the late 60s, early 70s. Right. Same thing with Kauffman Stadium, that it's just a different design, and it wasn't – maybe meant to be quite as high-tech and, and the way the stadiums are trending now. So you're saying the idea of bringing a Super Bowl to Kansas City, which they talked about for a long time, yeah. saying let's put in this retractable roof. We can have a Super Bowl in Kansas City. The weather might not be great, but it 
might be fine in the month of February. Where you look at this week, it would just it be kind of cold. What does it matter? you got to deal with the elements. Deal with the elements. Just well, like they I, did. I think they would rather not have a snowy Super Bowl. Well, but... With that much money on the line and, th- and these high of stakes. But if they did, so what? Play it. That's part of the football. Nah, I think they prefer to go to places like Glendale, Arizona. And, oh, I know. And, and play where it's warm or whether it's covered. They played in Detroit for a while. They've played in Indianapolis Minnesota. several times. Minnesota was an interesting decision because the weather in Minneapolis was terrible. Is really cold, and it was and it was. Te- I think it snowed a lot when they had the Super Bowl. And there. it's not just about the game; it is about bringing people in. Well, that's true. Because if we said, "Hey, Super Bowl, Antarctica, it's going to be minus thirty-five. You want to go? No, probably not. Hey, Super Bowl, it's going to be in Tampa, seventy-five and sunny. You can go to the beach. Well, look how the Pro Bowl worked out. How was that on Sunday? Poured. It, it rained 50, a little bit. Fifty degrees in Florida. Yeah, but that's a little bit better than. So you're, it's it's a crap than several places. So the Super Bowl. I mean, and we'll talk about it a little bit later on this week too with the game itself. But there's so much that goes into the game from just the city perspective. Same thing with the Olympics. We talk about that too. Is hosting the Olympics worth, especially for some? I won't say third world countries because third world countries never really host the Olympics, but. Places that are struggling financially, is it worth it? And a lot of the times, the answer is no. No. Atlanta, I think, is in a better position. A place like Los Angeles, for them to host the Super Bowl, everything they need is already there. The problem is there's just so many people and there's well, isn't, isn't, traffic. Isn't the Atlanta airport the busiest airport in the country? Pretty much everything goes in and out of Atlanta. Dallas is another big one, but Atlanta is a major hub. Mecca. So it makes it much easier now. There has been one thing that people were talking about for a while whenever the government shutdown was going on, that there's no TSA and the lines are all backed up and that it was crazy town, but hopefully that will be cleared up for everybody going in and out of the Atlanta airport. But I'm looking forward to the Super Bowl, and I'll, I'll send you that link, Stephen. You can read about all the money that's been spent. Well, as long as you send me the link to that and not The Bachelor, I'll be fine. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you the list of the contestants. Hannah G, Hannah B. I could care less. Demi. Ooh, Demi. Demi. It's probably Demi. You would like her. It's probably Demi. She's the trouble starter. Wonderful. Just just what I need. More trouble in my life. (laughs) All right, Steve, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the Bullpups getting back into action tonight as they take on Wichita Collegiate. We're back after this. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by... Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. Steve, we get bullpup basketball again tonight. Not that we haven't seen enough high school basketball over the last two weeks, but good to be back at home for the final time in the month of January. We've been home over and over and over again. Nice trip for us to not have to go very far, but they get two matchups tonight with teams where the girls are coming off of a busy, busy weekend. The boys are coming off of a long break. And they get to take on Wichita Collegiate. Steve, on the boys' side, this is a Wichita Collegiate team that 
let's face it, they scare me a little bit. Yeah. They're, this is a team that their resume might be a little bit deceiving. They're 7-5, and five, but look at some of the games that they have lost recently. They lost to Gardner-Edgerton, who has been a better team at the 6A level. They lost to El Dorado. Yeah. But, but that, and, that, and that's a weird loss to me, especially considering they went last over. week they played Winfield and won by 34. And they beat, or they lost to Andale, I believe, in overtime. And they won against Circle by three. Right. So when you look at these comparative scores, it's hard to figure out where they're at. Whether this is a team that's playing really well right now, whether this is a team that maybe has benefited from an easier schedule, I don't know where this team is at yet. And I feel like most of the time when the Bullpups take the floor, I have a pretty good feel on what their opponent is going to be like. With this game, I just don't know. And part of that, too is you look at their lineup and you see all the size six, that nine, they have. 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, 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 like Steve said, a 6'9 in there, several 6'6", six, six, a 6'4", six, 6'3". Six, the Bullpups haven't played a team with this much size this year. Now, they've had some time off, they are well-rested, but this is an interesting matchup because I just don't have a great feel for it well, yet. Coach Kinneman says if we do not handle their pressure defense, it could be a long night. So we just can't come out, you know, expecting to win just because we're taken to the court. You know, we got to be ready to play. And there's not many games in Kansas where you have two coaches with over 500 wins. That's right. Mitch Fiegel, my buddy Mitch Fiegel. He went over 500 last year. He went over 500 last year. Coach Kinneman went over 500 this year. So over 1,000 victories on the sidelines. So you got two guys that know what it takes to win. And both of them have won six state championships at this current school. Yeah, and collegiate, it's it's funny because collegiate had such a great run for a while, and they really haven't been the factor they were, you know, the last few years. They haven't been the factor that they used to be. They used to Well, be, they were 15-7 and seven last year, right. which is a very down year for them considering where they've been. Two years ago, they made it to state. They were 22-3, and three, finished fourth. Three years ago, they were state champions. Okay. So they won state in... 93, 96, 07, 09, 2010. Yeah, they had about a 15-year run in there where they were just tremendous. So when you get two programs that even when they can be a little bit down, per se, they have great coaches that can put together great game plans and get them into the right spot. And when you get that type of competition coming in here tonight, this is not an easy week for the McPherson boys no. at all. And you might be thinking, okay, well, they're playing a 3A school tonight, a 4A school on Friday night. Collegiate, <laughs> they are going to be one tough out yeah. for some 3A school in a sub-state. Well, you got to remember, Collegiate's been a 4A school many times. They've, they've been the school that every year they bounce back and forth. Now, they're really, you know, it's interesting because – the guy that really watches collegiate is Tyler Brown. Tennis. Boys tennis, girls tennis. Because when collegiate's in three – before McPherson became a 5A school this year, when collegiate was in 3A, the Bullpup girls seemed to win 4A. When collegiate was in 4A, they had some tremendous battles. So Tyler Brown really watched, you know, collegiate because they have just – you know, they're the biggest – about the biggest 3A – and when they were in 4A, they were about the smallest 4A. As for the collegiate girls, McPherson obviously coming off of three tough, hard-fought games over the weekend, 
Collegiate was also playing this weekend as they took fifth at the Mulvane tournament. Two of their wins this year are to Mulvane, and they have not been very good. They also beat Wichita North over the weekend, but they've lost twice to Winfield. So if that puts them into an idea in your head of where this team could be at, they're 4-8. McPherson, though, coming off of a busy, busy weekend, the high rush and energy of an, a championship win over Olathe South, coming back to beat Ulysses on Friday night, I guess that's maybe the only thing you worry about is just being worn out. I think we're looking at possible running clock. That's just me, and I know Coach Stradman's probably going to say, what? what's he saying? But I got a feeling if the Bullpups stay on their high from the tournament, this could be a potential running clock game because I got a feeling they'll have collegiate throwing the ball all over the gym, and I think they could score points in a hurry. Now, we don't want to look too far ahead and start talking about Friday too much now, but like I mentioned, this is not going to be an easy week. For the McPherson boys taking on a collegiate team tonight with so much size, then... You have to turn around on Friday, go on the road to a place like Andale that is not an easy place to win. No. They have great turnout from their fans. And and this is an Andale team, too, that they're not quite the same size in terms of 6'6", 6'9", 6'7", across the board. They're but they are physical, they are strong, and they are veterans. Right. And this was a team that McPherson almost lost to last Should've year. Should have lost to Mason Alexander hit it. Shot with like two seconds left to win it. To win it 36 to 34. So yeah, ugly game. So this is a very important week. If the Bullpup boys can come out of this week 2-0, and then the bar gets set a little higher right. to where they could finish up at the end of February. Right. And that's the important thing, continuing to find your seating, finding your spot to be at at the end of February and get ready for the postseason because as of right now, it's up there. It's up in the air. You don't know what's going to happen. And for the girls, the same is true. You don't know where you're going to be because there are so many other good teams at the top of 5A. So as we continue to move forward, and like Steve mentioned and we talked about earlier, this is the final home game for a while. After this, three, three consecutive road three games. Three in a row on the road. Finding ways to win at home is so important, especially in these out-of-league games. So it should be a couple of fun games tonight. I know Steve is amped up and ready to go charged you gotta wake up steve i i gotta charge i'll, I'll be ready i'm gonna start throwing stuff at you <laughs> all right we'll take one more break and wrap up the show after this you're listening to according to jim 96.7 fm kbbe you're listening to the according to jim podcast with jim joiner and steve self according to jim is brought to you by great plains federal credit union farmer state bank with branch locations in mcpherson lindsborg and galva next tech wireless and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Wrapping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE. Steve, have you been following many of the Super Bowl storylines? Have you been keeping up and getting ready for Sunday? I really have I really haven't. I, I try to, you know, it's like during the NFL season, I don't watch the pregame shows. I go right from working down here on Sunday right to the kickoff. That way I just bypass all that stuff. Is that because you don't like it or you don't care or you think you already know it or what? I just don't care. So you don't care about the Super Bowl or you're not interested in it oh, on I, Sunday? I care about the Super Bowl, but all I want to do is walk in and watch the game. 
You don't want to learn about Tom Brady at no. 41 years old? I know everything about Tom Brady I need to know. Pretty boy, fancy pants. Steve throws that term around a lot to... It's typically meant as an insult, Yeah, I would say. And sometimes they'll throw it around for people that I really don't think are a pretty boy fancy pants, as Steve would say. What is that? P-B-F-P? Yeah. There was one person the other day, I won't say who it was or what their job was, where he said, oh, look at that pretty boy fancy pants. And I went, <laughs> okay, I don't think so. <laughs> I thought maybe like his hair was kind of weird, but other than that, I went, oh, I don't know about that, Steve. That, kind of, that's a term that he throws around a it's lot. It's for aloof people. And, Go on. And people that are kind of stuck on themselves. And I didn't used to think Tom Brady was kind of stuck on himself, but my you whole... You didn't used to think that. No, but my... I think that's his whole thing. My whole opinion changed of him when he started playing this we're the underdog card and woe is me card and... I lost a lot of respect for him then. Did you see him at the big Patriots rally? Oh, I did. With his that, chanting? I did. We're still oh, here. Oh, yeah. Come on, Tom. You're better than that. So you will be not rooting for the Patriots? No. You'll be rooting for the Rams? Yes. Or are you just more rooting for the Patriots to lose? I'm rooting against Tom Brady. It could have been the Saints, and I would have rooted for the Saints. What if somehow it was the Raiders? I know it couldn't be that in a Super Bowl, but would no. you root for the Raiders over Tom Brady? That might be kind of tough because I don't would like Would you root for John Elway? No. And the Broncos? Mr. Ed. I see that they are <laughs> I see they are very interested in Drew Locke at quarterback. Not a good pick. Have at it, yeah, Sir Elway. Well, yeah, take him. He's I don't think he's gonna be a Bring Paxton Lynch back. Bring Brock Osweiler back. Bring them all back. Yeah. Case Keenum, quarterback of the future. Oh yeah. That is the good thing as a Chiefs fan right now. Denver's not very good. Well, that and they've got their quarterback, and he can walk around and throw no-look passes in the Pro Bowl game. And Did you see the video of him accidentally dropping an F-bomb no. during the game? No. He had a microphone on and threw a bad pass and went, oh, bleep, and then covered up his mouth on accident. He went, oh, shoot, I forgot that I'm on camera. <laughs> it was pretty funny. I always worry about that, too. Yeah, I, see, I'm worried about you all the time. I keep the delay on. I'm glad you do. And it's it, I've never had to use it. Well. So that's good. It's it they it just drops out sometimes. <laughs> Especially if you miss a two foot putt. Yeah, I've oh I've I've heard that four letter language from you. And I've missed a lot of two foot putts. Oh, you've putts. missed a ton of them. Yep. All right, wrapping up today's show. Looking forward to Bullpup basketball tonight, Steve, as the Bullpups take on collegiate. We'll see you out there. I'll be there. <laughs> wrapping up today's show for Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll see you tonight inside the roundhouse. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.